This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast, and it is Tuesday, February 22nd. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Blair Angulo. I'm your host, joined by National Recruiting Analyst Alan True to break down the Big Ten storylines heading into the spring evaluation period for the 2023 class as we continue our preview series. Alan, how are we doing? Doing well. Good uh, Good to turn the page into 2023 and talk to you here post-signing uh, day. Yeah, and you just had a nice little refreshing, you know, getaway, I want to say. Uh, It's always good to kind of recharge the batteries, especially when we reset from one class to the other one. And what better way to do that than to kick it off on the podcast, right? Come back and and hit, hit the ground running. We did want to get into some five storylines for the Big Ten as we kind of look and, and kind of take a, a closer look at, at some of the situations. And I think it begins with Jim Harbaugh, obviously was recently extended at Michigan, but not before a, a flirtation to return to the NFL. And I think that's going to be a cloud that that persists and, and, and a, a scenario that I think remains with the Wolverines. How do you see that affecting recruiting, especially in this 2023 class as Harbaugh and his assistants hit the road again for recruiting and they welcome recruits back on campus? Well, pardon me, you know, I tend to think that it's not going to affect the class too much. I do think that it's going to be a question that they have to answer. I think they are obviously pretty prepared to answer that now giving him an extension after that flirtation with the NFL, I think is is definitely going to be a big piece of how they can answer those questions. And uh, even before that, when I when you, we, we talked about the possibility of him leaving, I always felt like they were in position to, to be okay because of the recruiting staff that they have there. I think Michigan has an extremely strong group of recruiters uh, on their staff now. I do think that they, you know, they've had some off-the-field losses in terms of some personnel but they've always done a good job of, of turning around and being able to do that. So I think Michigan's going to be fine. They have a lot to sell coming off of the season that they had. And now you have Jim locked up to 2026. So I think they are very much in position to still have a, a really good recruiting class, even with that having to answer those questions about his future. Yeah, I do feel like that that point that you bring up is that the extension could be a way for them to offset some of the chatter, right? And some of the concerns that maybe parents or coaches or those recruits might have about the stability at the head of Michigan's program. So that's going to be a storyline to track. I think it's going to be really interesting to hear what recruits say uh, after they get to Ann Arbor, after visits, whether or not, you know, Michigan's out on the road and, and really making a push for some of these prospects. And we're going to get into one here in a little bit, five-star five star quarterback Dante Moore, one of the top prospects at his position in the composite. But I did want to move on to our next storyline, and that would be the battle for number one, the race for the top recruiting class in the conference. Right now, it looks like Penn State is out to an early 
early lead. Ohio State's in there involved as well. How do you see this shaking out? And and with the recruiting process being so accelerated, I think we're able to see really how things are going to shake out earlier than than ever before. I still think the early rankings are a little bit deceiving, but as kids commit earlier and earlier, I do think that they uh, can be relied upon a little bit more at this point in time than they used to be. But still, a lot there that that still can you know take shape in this class but you know based on history you'd be surprised if ohio state wasn't number one or number two and you'd be really surprised if they didn't make a good push towards number one finished uh number one in the big 10 in the 22 21 and 2020 classes so you got to go back i think to 2019 was the last time they didn't finish with the top class in the conference and the thing about ohio state is when they sign those top classes when you look at who's in them a lot of them tend to really turn out for them they do a good job of developing that talent and and making sure that it ends up where we think they're going to end up when we rate them as highly as we do so uh you expect i expect ohio state who only has i think they're at five commits right now um, but have still plenty of top targets on the board to be able to to push and compete. Penn State's always right there. You know, last year with Drew Aller and Nicholas Singleton leading that class, they were a top class. So they're not going to go down without a fight. I think Michigan will have something to say about it. But I think, like I said, history would tell you that Ohio State's um, going to be the end up being the team to beat for that number one spot in the Big Ten. Yeah, and and I feel like if Ohio State fans are are worrying or if they have some concerns. I think one thing that would make me feel a little bit better better and, and breathe a little easier would be the fact that they did miss on some prospects in, in 22, right? Like th- there are times when we maybe assume that that Ohio State's going to hit on every guy, but they had some losses uh, late in the recruiting cycle. They they obviously didn't get two of their top safety targets in in Xavier Nwamka and, and Zion Branch who, who signed with Iowa and USC. Um, there were some losses, I think, at Receiver that you know maybe we didn't see coming, and I think there's a you know there's maybe a, a misconception about the the ability for them to be able to fill the class, but it, it's I think it becomes easier if you miss some of your top targets in the previous class to then go full on on some of your top targets in the next class and say hey you're going to be the guy once you know we kind of turn the table and and you know roll over the depth chart. You, the I think it, it levels the playing field in a way where it becomes easier to recruit a guy when you're not recruiting against yourself after landing such a, a highly covered prospect in the class before. So that's definitely a, a, a storyline to monitor. And, and like you mentioned with Penn State, I think now there is a little bit more stability there as well. I know James Franklin's name had been thrown out a, a few times as a potential coaching hire for some other schools. And that's a school that I think has been benefiting more and more from the the visits being reopened up, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I think not being able to get kids on campus, uh, even the playing field in, in some ways and kind of having uh, not, not being able to evaluate guys at camp and, and all of those things. I think it, it, it I, I thought for that one little bit of peace in time allowed things to even out a little bit. But even with that, Ohio State came out with the top class, like I said, in the last couple of seasons. So they uh, they always find a way to get it done. Yeah, let's move on to our next topic. And that would be the aforementioned Dante Moore. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the country from the state of Michigan. And right now, those two in-state schools, Michigan, Michigan State, are, are definitely in a dogfight for one of the better signal callers in the country. Yeah, they are. You know, at, at one 
point in time, uh, I would have thought Michigan would be the favorite there. And then he came around to Michigan State quite a bit. He's visited quite a bit. He's got a teammate, Jonathan Slack, committed there. I think he's got good relationships at both the in-state schools. Right now, I don't favor him ending up in the Big Ten. I don't, I don't think that they'll keep him in-state if things were to end right now. I think that that's leaning towards Notre Dame. I do think that a lot can happen in the spring. He's going to get out of here still and visit some schools out of state that he hasn't been to yet. Penn State being another Big Ten school that, that's working on him. Ohio State, I think, is gaining some traction there as well. But still, at this point, you know, I don't see him ending up in the Big Ten. He's given these schools, he's kept an open mind, and he's given these schools plenty of opportunity, though, to recruit him. And I think he's continuing to do that. And I think that he's an important enough recruit for all of them. That they're going to keep keep pushing for him. I think Michigan's going to keep swinging. Um, but I do feel like Notre Dame is the team to beat right now going into the spring visit. Yeah, that's the latest on Dante Moore, one of the best quarterbacks in the country. You're listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. We're going to take a short break. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We are back on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast, breaking down some storylines ahead of the spring evaluation period in the Big Ten Conference with Alan True, National Recruiting Analyst for 24-7 Sports. We discussed Dante Moore's recruitment, and that's going to be uh, very interesting as far as some of the Big Ten schools are concerned. Another prospect right now that is kind of in that thick of it, too, with some Big Ten schools would be Caden Proctor. He's a top 10 prospect nationally, number five overall in the composite, and the nation's number one offensive tackle. He's from the state of Iowa. What is the the latest on Caden Proctor, Allen, and, and how things are shaping up among some of these Big Ten suitors? Well, Iowa got his teammate last year, Xavier Nwankpa, and they really had to protect the home turf on that one because every school in the country was coming in to recruit him. And the same thing now with Caden Proctor. He's going to visit Iowa again here in the spring. The other Big Ten school that he's planning to visit at the moment is Penn State. But those are the two Big Ten schools that he he has dates set up with now in the spring. I think Iowa has a really good chance to keep him at home. Um, I, I think Xavier going there is only one piece of that. I think they've developed uh, offensive linemen extremely well. Um, they've recruited him for a long time. They've built some good relationships there. I think it's similar to Dante Moore in that he's going to need to get out of town and um, visit some more schools and kind of see what's out there. And, and I think Oregon was the other uh, the out of region school that he wants to visit right now. Um, he's talked about Alabama. He's talked about Georgia. I think he will probably visit Ohio State and Michigan again at some point and get back to those schools. But uh, I, I do think that Iowa's got a good shot. Keep him here in the state. That would be really two really good back-to-back wins for them. The Hawkeyes aren't really accustomed to schools kind of coming into their backyard, especially the Alabamas and the Texas A&Ms and, and the Georgias of the world. And uh, they were able to, to keep 
Xavier at home. Now they got to do the same thing with Caden Proctor. I'm curious, Alan, if if maybe Iowa was like, okay, we know Ohio State's coming in and we know the SEC schools are coming in to see Nwampa and Notre Dame and Ohio State and all these other programs. And I wonder if they're, they're like, how do we manage to hide Caden Proctor, who's 6'7", 330, and find, you know, is there, is, <laughs> is there a barn or something that we can, we can fit him into, you know, just so these, these coaches can't, can't see him uh, on those in, in, you know, in-person visits. But yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting. It's one of those strange dynamics because Iowa has to recruit out of state, right? There's not an, enough prospects there for them to fill out a recruiting class, but they do, in a sense, in every class, have to land, uh, you know, maybe the the two of the top three or two of the top four prospects within the state. And and when some of these big name schools are coming in, um, it does, you know, maybe affect the way you're able to recruit. You have to extend more resources and more time and and be a bit more re- resourceful within the state's board. So, Caden uh, Proctor, obviously one to monitor here as we head into the spring. I did want to touch on the schools kind of underneath uh, the the big the big name schools, and and they carry some big name recognition nationally. That would be Nebraska and Wisconsin uh, towards the bottom of the Big Ten recruiting rankings in the 2022 class. And I know some of those schools have been focusing a little bit more in the transfer portal, so that's a bit skewed. But we're not really accustomed to seeing the Nebraskas down in, in the 10 range and Wisconsin. Wisconsin and the 11 range when you're talking about high school recruits, especially with kind of the flash and the glitz and, and the buzz that Scott Frost had arrived in Lincoln with. Yeah, you know, and I think, like you said, part of that is transfer portal taking small classes last year. Um, but I do think that both of those schools are uh, uh, would like to do better in this next class. And I think Nebraska is already starting off uh, doing that. There's 21 in the country right now six in the big 10. So, all, and, and started to pick things back up, I think at the end of that last cycle. So they had some things to prove on the field. Also, I think there were some questions about that. There were some, there were some questions about Scott Frost's future. And now that they, he's back for another year, I think that uh, this stands to be a better recruiting cycle for them. Wisconsin, small class last year. We'll see what they do this year. Only one commit right now in 2023. So interested in what they do off the field with recruiting as well. They had a couple of staffers leave and go to Michigan State. Uh, at this point, you know, I think we're still waiting to see how that off-field recruiting department is going to shape up. And I think that'll kind of help tell the tale for this next class coming up here. Yeah, Alan, before we go, another storyline and, and from two schools that need to kind of rebound and, and make a push towards that top. Let's talk Michigan State. That's one school that has been building a lot of momentum on the trail and, and one that has, in, if you had to buy stock in a program right now and, and say, hey, you know, what's going to be my rate of return in a couple of years? I think you have to bet on Mel Tucker and what he's building, not only on the field, but the culture that they've been building in recruiting. I don't know if they go star chasing, right? Like, I don't think they are a program that's going to go out and try to compete against the Ohio States and the Michigans and the Penn States in every recruiting battle. But from an evaluation standpoint, from identifying what fits them, I think they're doing a terrific job. And this is a class that is going to be very pivotal for, for Mel Tucker now that they do have some momentum on the field. Yeah. So so I, I don't think that they star chase. I do think that he is going after a different type of kid, though, than Mark D'Antonio did. And that's producing some higher recruiting rankings. They do. They, they are not afraid to go after some top guys. You saw it firsthand out West the last couple of years with Miles T.O.T. and then uh, Kaiten Hauser and uh, Jeremy Bernard and guys like that. Like they will not be afraid to go out there and battle for those guys. And I think it's paid off for them in a lot of ways. And I don't really see that stopping. I think and now they, 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 they got a lot of those guys without having a whole lot to sell at the time. Uh, now they've got 
a good season to do that with. And they're bringing in recruiting help. They got Brandon T. Jordan, who's already helping them, you know, as a pass rush specialist with a lot of NFL connections. That's already paying dividends in getting a four star like Andrew DePape and then getting some other top defensive linemen on campus. Now you bring in Marco Coleman behind them to help out as a defensive line coach. The two of them together, I think they're, they're going to produce a really strong defensive line class. So all of those things put together, uh, I think Michigan State's going to have another really strong class this year. It's already kind of happening. It's in progress. And uh, I just can't see a guy like Mel Tucker who clearly really values recruiting and, and wants to have a staff that values recruiting. I, I can't see them ever not having you know a class that's in the top half of the Big Ten. And uh, I think they, they have a chance to become kind of a mainstay in the top 25 nationally or, or at least kind of around that mark. Yeah, I completely agree. We talked Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State and what the, the recruiting pool that they have. But watch out. If Michigan State gets on a roll again like they did on the field early in the season, I could see them continuing to rise in the recruiting rankings. Alan, it's been a pleasure as always. Can't wait to do it again, my friend. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. All right. That is Alan True, National Recruiting Analyst for 24-7 Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at Alan True. For Alan and our producer, Lance Glenn, I am Blair Angulo. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I told you imaginary friends are real. This is just so exciting. This Friday, get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Kaylee Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need to throw up or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski.